welcome to How You Bean, the beancast or podcast about beans with your host and bean enthusiast, Beanie McBeans. This is the first episode. I would just like to start off by saying thank you to my siblings for supporting me and myself solely on coming up with this idea all on my own. Definitely didn't take it from anyone else, so that can't be proved at any other point in time or history. And I thought I'd start off with just Webster's definition of beans. (laughs) Now... It's a noun, and a bean is described as an edible seed, typically kidney-shaped, growing in long pods on certain leguminous plants. For definition two, a leguminous plant that bears beans and pods. Now. I got distracted after that and ended up on Urban Dictionary. And now beans on Urban Dictionary is code word or slang for the club drug ecstasy. It has been used in a sentence saying Tom was tripping his balls off on beans at the club. And now I kept going a little further and I found more definitions of beans that I would like to read for the remainder of this podcast. We have fava bean, the scene of any various erect or climbing plants, as of the general fasciolaeus and vigna of the legume family, other than the fava bean, a plant-bearing beans, an immature bean pod used as a vegetable, a value, valueless item, beans, the least amount didn't know beans about it, any various Seeds or fruits that resemble beans or bean pods. Coffee beans. Also a plant producing these beans. Plural. Exuberance. Used in the phrase, full of beans. Beans, plural. Nonsense. Bumpkin. Used in the phrase, full of beans. Definition 5. Head. Brain. Definition 6. A protuberance on the upper mandible of a waterfowl. Sea water birds. Bean, verb, beaned, beaning, beans. Natalie was beaned relentlessly in her little league career. (laughs) It can also be used as a transitive verb to strike a person on the head with an object. (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking. Beanie, what more beans could we possibly talk about in this episode? And let me tell you. I've got more beans to go over. I thought we'd move on to the coffee bean. And that definition is the usually dried and roasted seed of a tropical plant coming from the genus of coffea and especially C. arabica and C. conifora from which coffee is prepared. Here's a little fun bean fact for you. It's the first known use of coffee bean 
was in 1688 in the meaning that I just defined above. So some smarty pants on caffeine was thinking ahead of the game for me now to read you this tidbit of information. Now, that's all I found on coffee at the moment, but we'll make another episode dedicated just to coffee beans. For now, we're going to transition into a darker world of beans, and that's the cocoa bean. Now, the definition of the cocoa bean is a dried, fermented, fatty seed of the fruit of a South American tropical evergreen tree, Theoberoma cocoa of the family, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, that is used in making cocoa, chocolate, and cocoa butter. Ah, butter, chocolate, I think it's not a coincidence. Now, I thought we would take a trip down to Wikipedia, and I'd read about the black turtle bean, which has a small, shiny black seed. It is especially popular in Latin American cuisine. And I thought we could talk about the, the dragon tongue bean, which is a young green bean of cranberry bean and pinto bean. It is a flavorful, juicy bean whose seeds are encased in a buffed, colorful pod with molted burgundy patterns throughout the shell surface. The shell beans are pale pistachio green in color. Their size, petite, and their shape, ovulate and slightly curved. And there's the tongue of fire bean, also known as Horto. has ivory white pods with red streaks that look like flames. The bean stalks grow close together and require plenty of sun and form large roundish pods. The original seed was reportedly from Tierra del Fuego on the tip of Southern America, sent to Italy and spread throughout Southern Europe. Other uses for beans. People use bean leaves have for trapping bed bugs. Microscopic hairs on the bean leaves entrap the insects. From ancient times, beans were used in devices, in various methods of divination, fortune-telling. Using beans is called favormancy, or as I like to say, flavormancy. Now here's something spooky for all you bean aficionados. Toxicity. The toxic compound Phytohamidgaglutantin, a lectin, is present in many common bean varieties, but is especially concentrated in the red kidney beans. White kidney beans contain about a third as much toxin as the red variety. Broad beans, Vicia fava, contain 5 to 10% as much as kid red kidney beans. Phytohamagilitin can be deactivated by cooking beans for 10 minutes at a boiling point of 100 degrees Celsius or 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Insufficient cooking, such as in a slow cooker, uh-oh, me, because you guys know how I cook my food, just it lives in a slow cooker, at 80 degrees Celsius or 176 Fahrenheit. However, that is not sufficient to deactivate all toxin. 
to safely cook the beans, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration recommends boiling for 30 minutes to ensure they reach a sufficient temperature for long enough to completely destroy the toxin. For dry beans, the FDA also recommends an initial soak of at least 5 hours in water which should then be discarded. Outbreaks of poisoning have been associated with cooking kidney beans in slow cookers. This is more alarming for me. The primary symptoms of phytomagulatintin poisoning are nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Onset is from one to three hours after consumption of improperly prepared beans. And symptoms typically resolve within a few hours. Consumption of as few as four or five raw soaked kidney beans can cause symptoms. Can red kidney beans, though, are safe to use immediately as the as they have been cooked already. Beans are high in purines, which are metabolicized to uric acid. Uric acid is not as toxic as such, but may promote the development or the exacerbation of gout. Oh my god. However, more recent research has questioned this association, finding that moderate intake of purine-rich foods is not associated with increased risk of gout. Oh my god. That's all that we have time for this section. I would just like to leave you guys with a nice little story about beans. This is from a bean farmer I know over in Oregon. His name is R.L. Butts. (laughs) I'm not actually making that up. But... Because of several heart attacks, my father could no longer work a regular job. To make ends meet, he and I picked pole beans every summer on farms in Oregon's Willamette Valley. It was hot, hard work, and they paid by the pound, not the hour. I don't remember exactly how much, but it was only pennies. Like most things, pole beans have a season. The vines wind higher and higher as the season progresses. The blossoms and beans begin to sprout near the bottom at first and gradually work their way up the vine. Bottom beans are harder to pick. It is literally stoop labor. So of course I had a youthful inclination to pick at the shoulder height. My father and I always picked on opposite sides of the same row and his constant gentle reminders to pick from the bottom still ring in my ears. There was a workman's wisdom in those words. The day goes easier when you get the hard tasks out of the way first. We had row bosses who would part the vines and step in your world unannounced. They would inspect the area you had picked, and if it wasn't picked clean, they sent you back. When you picked for pennies per pound, you want to pick where the beans are thick, not spend your time retracing your steps. The day goes easier when you get the hard tasks out of the way. I remember my father saying, At first, I got sent back a lot. When that happened, my father would step through the vines and pick back toward me until we had cleaned up my mess. The vines are so thick that you can't see each other, but we always talked back and forth while we worked. His voice would come through the vines as in a confessional, are you picking clean? He taught me that anything worth doing, jobs, hobbies, relationships should be picked clean. 
The rows were seven feet and only four feet apart. No breeze could penetrate those dense green walls. Irrigation kept the ground muddy and the air muggy. Sometimes it was hard to maintain my enthusiasm. As it waned, I'd fall behind and I'd hear Dad say, Are you picking with both hands? How did he know? He couldn't see through the vines, but he always knew. I'm right-handed, and when I dwalled, only my right hand was picking. No scolding, no sharp words, just the quiet question. In the years since, there have been tasks that seemed too large, deadlines that seemed impossible, challenges that seemed more than I could possibly meet. It's then that I still hear him. Are you picking with both hands? <laughs> the money we earned in the bean, bean fields was barely enough to be worthwhile, but the lessons I learned... <laughs> life that shaped mine. <laughs> he taught me the right things and he taught them well. They have been enough for what life has sent my way. <laughs> Lastly, I'd like to leave you guys with just one quick little thing. No words can espresso how much you been to me. You are so special. Thank you if you really listened to this entire awful recording. I love you both. (laughs) 